You know, Ryan. Yeah. This show. Yeah. It's something special. You said that before. I said that last episode, but I. <sighs> Whoa. <laughs> you you killed my vibe. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to just like really mash up your vibes there. That was yeah. involuntary. And, and, and much like the first episode. Right. This started off the darkest yet. Mm, it did get pretty dark. <laughs> it was so like literally in the truck. It was so dark. I could not <laughs> see his face. <laughs> Welcome to the HBO boys podcast outer range. We're going to be talking about season one episodes three and four. Now you might be asking yourself, Ryan, why is your voice insane? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Why is your voice out of control weird? <laughs> why are you coughing uh, and not editing that out? And I'll tell you, I didn't edit that first one out, but I will be editing out some in the future, just not all of them, to let you know what I'm going through for you. Oh, man. He's he's pushing hard. Well, I have, hard. I have the COVID. <laughs> Oh, awful. I got that Kobe, so. Oh, he's on that vid, vi- vid grind. Yeah, and I don't have access to, like, uh, ivermectin, so I'm just, there is no help for me. I I can't put any horse medicine in my butt, so. <laughs> It'll be fine. What At first, it was 14 days, then it was seven, then it was five, now it's, like, three. Yeah, no, I feel much better. Just to like yeah, let everyone know, I feel much better than I did two days ago, but I still sound insane, which yeah. is, you know, one of the last repercussions of a, of a COVID disaster that brought upon my shoulders and also heavily going to affect a podcast. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, it seems like you've cleared your throat enough and it's fine now. Yeah, it will get worse over time. It was that first line. Right. <laughs> I wanted to scratch my own throat. <laughs> I hated it. I was in the middle of it like, you should stop and redo this. And I was like, no, nah, push through. No, nah, push through it. <laughs> no, nah, push through. Anyway, that's Adam. I'm Ryan. We are again discussing Outer Range. Episodes three, The Time. And episode four, The Loss. T- lost time. Get it? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get it. All right. uh, oh yeah. Okay. So while I sip uh, this ginger ale because I I want to also you know it's fun. I took an acetaminophen about like twenty minutes ago. So my body's yeah. like, you know what you should do now? Sweat off this fever. <laughs> Just real hot all of a sudden. <laughs> feel real sweaty and real hot. What did you feel about these two episodes of Josh Brolin esque television? Yeah. So without spoiling anything, because of you know new format okay at some point Uh, we have to stop talking about the format i know but it's there so it is you're not wrong Uh, um i I like it it's building it's building you know when i first um read reviews of this show obviously the critics got to see the whole the whole series first and one of their complaints was that it was a little drawn out you know a couple of midway episodes i think there's a little there's a little truth to that to some degree but it the story for me is compelling enough that I'm gonna keep watching and it's and it's it feels it's like a safe space show. Like I when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I like sitting here watching this show, being in this environment, you know, it was following the stories of these characters. Like I, I you get that feeling when you watch a show. I got that feeling with this 
these two episodes still i still have it but you know there's good parts there's bad parts there's things that could have done better but in the first podcast we did i said i don't care about the side stories i don't care i don't care i just want to see josh brolin in holville and when we say side stories basically anything having to do with rat yes but these episodes made me be more interested in it because it's affecting his trajectory in the story like this girl comes in i can't remember her name you're probably going to say it later. Maria. She, Maria. She comes in and helps him with something. And all of a sudden, I am now more invested in their relationship than I was uh, when I thought that she was just going to be some random chick that came home for the summer kind of thing. Um, so it's. I think it's getting better. It's getting into a, a space that feels a little bit more familiar, if that makes sense. Because there's a lot of unknown with what's going on with the main storyline. But it's... I like the interjections of these side stories as the supernatural stuff is progressing, if that makes any sense at all. No, yeah, it does. My current feelings on this show is I agree to some extent with the negative reviews that say that the pacing is, is odd because it is. It is a little odd, yeah. But at the same time, this show takes swings. I would say there was at least one big one in three and another huge one in four. Oh, yeah. That I I think are commendable and are interesting and are slightly jaw-dropping to a degree. And when at the same time I've been watching other shows that just don't do that kind of thing anymore, uh, they are risk-averse and don't want to largely affect you because it feels like perhaps they'll alienate part of their audience. They are not in those moments alienating me. Right. And every time they do something like that, I'm 100% more in. And it's the other times where it is just par for the course and we're 30 minutes in and nothing really has happened yet that I'm obviously just getting bored. And it's it's entertainment fatigue, uh, right? I mean – I don't need everything to be an M. Night Shyamalan ding dong twist at the end. But what I do need, (laughs) what I do need is, is for plot points and like the story to go in a direction that makes narrative sense, but also like do so on a constant enough basis where it's switching up and not boring the fuck out of me. And there's more people coming in. Like, obviously, first two episodes, we met the new sheriff in waiting, I guess you want to call it, woman running for sheriff. Right. She has a very large part in these two episodes. And I can't tell if I like her character or if I dislike her character. I I think I'm on the side of liking her. She's her her character is in a very tough spot. It, It is. And I think she's doing the best she can do. From it, like if she was thrown in these positions, but being a fan of like the Abbott family in general because they're like the wholesome, you know, lifelong generational family, <laughs> when they start getting poked around by this sheriff for doing bad stuff, well, I like her a little less. But then when I think about it, I don't know, man, I'd be doing the same thing. The end of episode four, you're like, Ooh. Oh, yeah. These abbots yeah. are uh, a little shifty. Yeah, a little shifty. <laughs> Listen, we you had a discussion still, last time. Still like them. <laughs> of course. Autumn, shifty. Mm. Wayne, shifty. Shifty, bro. And at the end of episode four, 
Royal's a bit shifted too. Everyone's a little shifty. Here. Everyone is. And you know what I would also say? Actually, my favorite additional character mm. in these two episodes is Patricia, the matriarch of the Tillerson clan. Oh, yeah. I like her so much. She's mm-hmm. just coming in like, okay, fuck all this. You guys are awesome. <laughs> doing a terrible job wayne you're batshit insane i can't wait till you die and also by the way i figured out who killed my son almost instantly by doing a like ballsy as fuck move at the funeral by opening the casket and being like who hates this i was like what (laughs) and then then she immediately was just like it was perry yeah (laughs) like (laughs) All right. Okay, Ma. Cool, Mom. Back on your Thank helicopter. You. Cool, Mom. Thanks. Thanks for coming back from Aspen, Sherlock Mom. Yeah, Sherlock Mom. <laughs> anyway, uh, once we come back from the advertisement, we will get into the plot of these two episodes. And that is uh, right now. Bye. Outer Range, Episode 3. The Time. Joy, at the beginning of this episode, arrests a criminal who is trying to steal shit from a local gas station. That was a great scene. While she is driving away with said criminal in the back of her police car, said criminal warns her of other missing townspeople, Mm -hmm. says that his cousin disappeared. So is the West Pasture Hole to Holeville the only hole? See, I don't know. Are there other holes? I assumed other pieces of information come to light later on in either this episode or the the fourth episode that uh, suggests there are other portals in other places, but is it random? Yeah, I don't know. Or is it structured? The the question for me is, are there more than one hole or is there more than one way for disappearing people to occur? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll get to it, but the mountain that just right. happened, you know? Yes. So I, I suppose that could just happen to people too, where they just kind of peace out. I mean, he even said it, the, the guy even said it, you know, whoever, his friend or whatever disappeared for six seconds right in front of me. He disappeared and then he reappeared in six seconds. He was gone and then he came back almost like he got snapped. Just like the mountain. Yes. While out shopping, Cecilia sees Rebecca driving a truck and just dismisses it because how can that be true? <laughs> I was like, this is very much like I, I thought. Oh, this is going to be Marvel, where they just show they just come back to where they originally were, and she just is driving and has no idea what's going on. I think she's just going to walk in the house randomly. Hey, I'm back from freaking grocery shopping. <laughs> like, I'm going to go feed the cows. Uh, you yeah, can't. Right? You've been gone for nine months. Yeah. So do we think that was really Rebecca who was hiding or (sighs) came back through a hole recently? Like, was that truly Rebecca? Is it some disappeared than not disappeared shit? Or did Cecilia just like kind of see some shit? I don't think that it's her seeing something. I I think she is the most even tempered one so far, I think, in this whole family. Like, Royal is dealing with his whole deal perry is dealing with the loss of his wife Rhett is dealing with being you know an accessory to murder sure and like all this stuff but she is kind of the strength of the family it seems like so i don't know if it's her seeing something because she's going a little nutty i think that that could very well really be her and that's just the we'll see it later on you know like she saw it in passing and then it doesn't come it was something nothing will 
come to light till later on. Yeah, I just think it's interesting because like you wouldn't be driving through the middle of town if you were trying to hide. I wonder if she's on like a different timeline. Yeah, if timelines are overlapped or something. Right. It's like a different version where she never was part of the Abbott family because she married into the Abbott family. It's true. Honestly, there's no like definite thing that's happening in this show, which I kind of like. It's it's a little toss up. Joy confronts Rhett that night at a rodeo and states that Rhett's blood was found on Trevor's belt buckle. Later, celebrating his performance, Rhett is arrested for pissing on a cop car. Genius level (laughs) maneuvers. That was a great scene, too. They haven't found uh, his knuckle blood in the bar as of yet. Oh, that's right on the table, yeah. But yes, Rhett gets himself arrested, and while detained, Joy interrogates him, and Rhett admits that he got into a fight with Trevor, but denies anyone else was there. Royal picks up Rhett from the police station, and while doing so, nabs the belt buckle from Joy's desk, because he's a little bit shifty. <laughs> They're all a little shifty. Royal confronts Autumn and states he believes that he traveled through time in the hole. He instructs her to keep silent in exchange for his knowledge. So, yeah, they have a conversation and she's like, okay, well, what happened? Where did you go? And he was like, I don't want to talk about it, but also probably through time. <laughs> right. You went through time, Roll. 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 <laughs> Simultaneously, Royal and Joy and many other residents in Wabang notice a mountain briefly disappear. This happens right when Autumn and Royal shake hands. This is the second uh, time they've shaken hands, by the way. Yeah. Is this a coincidence? I wonder if anything happened like this the first time that they right, shook hands. Right, and we just didn't see it. And when right. she came on to the pasture for the first time, and we just didn't see. But this time, she, she was, wasn't she holding the necklace when she shook Royal's hand this time? Yeah, it could have been about a rock. I think it's something or something with them sh- them floaty floaty black orb rock things. Yeah, those things are weird, man. Yeah. While out hiking, Amy discovers Trevor's corpse in the wilderness, and Royal's like, oh, f- f- fuck, and calls Joy <laughs> and tells her, you know, we found Trevor, and he's in the woods. This is a real bummer for me, because last time I saw, I threw Trevor's corpse in a hole, down to Holeville, and now it's back? What the heck? I wonder if the hole is deciding when to to put these items. Like, so when Royal went through the hole, he was transported into the future two plus years. Trevor went in the hole and he gets dropped in on the outskirts of the Abbott Ranch, supposedly only 10 hours after he did it, supposedly. 10 hours after he is pronounced dead, but he actually died eight days ago. So I think some obvious time travel bullshit has occurred. Right. So I wonder if the hole is truly sentient and can think and and, and just places things depending on what people need or want to see. I like that idea. I like that the hole is just messing with people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to fuck your life up. (laughs) Okay. Now just spit that dead body back over there. That'll be funny. (laughs) episode four the loss months ago laborers on the tillerson farm discover a strange rock near the abbott west pasture starting wayne's obsession with acquiring the land this rock must remind him of something from his past perhaps his childhood along with royal abbott we also thought hey was there like a note attached to this rock was he in cahoots with perhaps a Holeville version of Wayne. And this would suggest that he is not. And he is just going after what he believes this rock to be and wants it and knows where it is. 
which is the west pasture of the Abbott Ranch. So he's trying to get that land. And we just don't understand fully yet uh, because we haven't seen all the flashbacks from Wayne and Royal's childhoods as to what these rocks actually do and what they mean. But that's definitely a shard, right? Autumn's rock is definitely a shard of Wayne's rock, right? I would have to assume so. That'd it's, be weird. It's gotta be. It's It'd same. be weird it's if there were two different kinds of magic rock. Right. And and when he sp- speaks to his worker guy, the Spanish guy, uh, he says, if you find any more, you bring them to me. So so he either knows there's more or he wants to get more because he's dancing around with that rock, literally dancing around. <laughs> yeah. And then he was mean to the that man. And I, I don't like Wayne. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> the Clamato drinking bastard he's so weird then joy and the wabang police along with royal hike to where trevor's corpse was found and recover the body joy interrogates amy with royal cecilia and perry present and amy's testimony clears everyone but Rhett, because he's not there. Yeah, that scene that scene gave me anxiety a little bit. Yeah, it was like all of the family looking at Amy like, don't you fuck this up. Fucking say anything, you piece of shit. <laughs> Joy has her deputy attempt to intercept and interrogate Rhett before his family can alert him to the fact that the body was found. But Rhett is unexpectedly covered by Maria, a bank teller that he has been seeing, obviously, for the past three episodes. And Maria out of left field winning the goddamn mvp this is the point where when i said the beginning i I started to care about the secondary stories because she came in and i thought she was gonna be a throwaway character but she ended up providing a very very clutch service to Rhett in that moment Uh, although it did get a little unraveled later on in that moment i was like oh shit she's here to play yes her instinct was to help Rhett was to be on Rhett's side, even in something that has to do with the police. Like, she doesn't owe anything to Rhett, but she still wants to be helpful, which is uh, pretty cool. But yeah, like, as you said, it gets more serious later, and she's like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She likes the bad boys until she gets arrested. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Until she gets questioned. (laughs) Right, fuck that. (laughs) Royal meets with and then threatens Carl. The county assessor who has been bribed by Wayne to recognize the Tillerson's land claim to the Abbott's West Pasture. But Carl only moves the impending hearing up in response uh, because he, quote, does not like being intimidated. And what he's referring to is with Royal grabbing onto his shirt, pulling her in real close and saying something to the effect of, I'm going to put you in a hole, Carl, and there are no Fritos in that hole, Carl. That was that was the, that was the, the winning line of the show so far. Yep, there that's the no best Fritos one. There no Fritos in that hole, Carl. <laughs> Thank Christ Josh Brolin had to say that line. There oh, are so no good. Fritos in that hole, Carl. <laughs> had a little bit of Rick Grimes vibe in there, yeah. Carl. Carl. Stay in the house, Carl. Oh, my God. I'm so glad Carl is dead in The Walking he Dead. Never sta- he never stayed in the house. Never stayed in the house, and now he's Stupid. dead. He's dead. I, I, I don't even... I stopped watching The Walking Dead so long ago. after season, like, five. It sucked. But I'll tell you this right now. I did keep checking in on whether Carl was dead or not, because I wanted him to be... <laughs> there is no character on television I wanted dead more than Carl. Carl. And, he and when, when he got his eyes stabbed out, I was like, yes! That'd be cool, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, he is officially dead now, which is pretty sweet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, by the way. I don't care if I'm spoiling yeah, Walking Dead enough. for you. Joy interrogates Maria and then Rhett and Perry separately, and their alibis begin to break down before they are rescued by Royal and Royal the, the fucking lawyer. Hey, if you're being interrogated by the police, no matter whether you think you did something right and or wrong, you want a lawyer. Don't do the thing where you answer questions without a lawyer, you dumb right. dummies. Yeah, dumb, dumb, dummy, dumb. Patricia, the matriarch of the Tillerson clan, arrives in town, quickly taking control of the household from Wayne, who, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, she's like, can't wait till you're dead. Okay, bye. Joy and Patricia <laughs> narrow down their focus to Rhett and Perry, but the autopsy report on Trevor confirmed that the time of death was only 10 hours prior to the corpse's discovery, despite the bar fight and the subsequent disappearance happening eight days ago. As I said earlier, some time travelly bullshit. God, I'm sweating so fucking hard. Okay. <laughs> so you're getting real into the show, huh? No, I'm... Oh. I'm sick. <laughs> or you're getting real into the show. Yeah, I could be either. Real toss-up. At the funeral, Patricia opens the casket and deduces that Trevor's murderer was Perry when she observes him unable to look at the body, which was some queen shit. Loved oh, it. Oh, that, that scene was very aggressive. Very. It was so aggressive. But first, before you get into that, we need to talk about the karaoke brother. Oh, my God. Yes. He sang multiple times, and he's not half bad, but the... the the funeral song. Yeah, so that is... I don't is, know why I was laughing during it. That is Noah Reed as Billy Tillerson, the brother who sings every time he gets a chance to. Uh, Noah Reed, to me, most known for playing Patrick Brewer on Shit's Creek, mm -hmm. the eventual lover of David. And that is his, for me, breakout role. Uh, amazing on Shit's Creek. But yes... In this show, he's basically just playing a man who is constantly singing, yeah. especially at, sometimes in moments where I don't think he should be singing. Yeah. Like, well, like the funeral. <laughs> I mean, somebody <laughs> handed him that microphone. That, that's true. Someone agreed and they all were listening to it. <laughs> right. Like, But like, it's just it was seemed so out of place and it, and it, it made me laugh out loud <laughs> until Mama Bear came up and just freaking like stomped over. Yep. And opened the casket with and first off, aren't caskets like locked? <laughs> like not that was, one. Not that one. He was pretty much right there. Like <laughs> I loved the juxtaposition between like singing at a funeral, everyone being like, What the why? <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Mama Tillerson opening the casket and being like, Look at him. Look, Look at, at him. him. Look at him. Like Jesus, this is intense, dude. Oh man, it was a good scene though. It was it, it got the point across. Let me tell you. Yep, yep, yep. Later, Royal plays against Autumn in a poker game and mm -hmm. wagers his West Pasture against her necklace. This is after like a long monologue of asking to see her feet because oh yes, blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. Sometimes the devil's here. Is, is your do are your feet the hooves? Yeah. Or a regular, a regular feet, and then she shows her feet. So Imogen poops is now on Wiki feet for sure. Oh yeah, and on Tarantino's radar. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like <laughs> Royal wins, but it turns out 
that he cheated to do so. In fact, I was really excited that they like showed the whole poker hand. Yeah. Because when he puts down the full house, uh, kings over aces, I think. Or it's just a three very, king, very yeah, three kings and two aces. Yeah. yeah. You knew that he didn't have that third king when he put it down. Mm-hmm. So you, you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> what is this <laughs> relatively non shifty bastard doing? It turns out he is a relatively shifty bastard. He's a little, he's a little shifty getting what he wants. Although, you know, to give to side with him a little bit, this whole situation making him a little crazy. Yes. <laughs> I feel like normally it wouldn't go that way. I assume, though, he knows what that rock is. I assume he knows that the same thing Wayne knows, that it's a goddamn magic rock. And yeah. because we haven't seen all the flashbacks yet, we don't know what they know. But eventually we will. Also, by the way, during the poker game, the bison just like put his head through a window. Be like, hi, yeah. I'm just here to watch. Don't worry and about no me. No one. No one cared. No one batted an eye. <laughs> I know. So Was weird. it real? Was it real? All I know is that Autumn and Royal looked at it to be like, mm. oh, man, what's that happening? What's that doing here? Mm-hmm. So strange. The bison weirds me out. I think I told you that when I was watching the episode. Yeah. The I bison think, weirds me out a little bit. I think the the bison's supposed to be disconcerting. So. Yeah, for sure. And then, Or like when earlier when Autumn walked right up to it and pulled one of the arrows out, like it's totally nonchalantly. Yeah. And the bison just walks away. She's a brave girl. <laughs> She is brave. At night, Wayne receives a sign from the strange rock and drives out into the West Pasture, finding the hole. It's crazy that he's only the second person to have found this hole at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne and Royal then get into a fight, and Wayne bludgeons Royal unconscious with the rock before driving off and screaming at the top of his lungs. So now Royal is just unconscious next to the hole. And it is the dead of night. So will his family find him by the hole tomorrow? And will they start to understand what the hole is? There has to be something that moves this story forward. And I think one of the only things for that scenario to occur is more people finding out about the hole. But maybe they figure out some other way to do so. Or he wakes up, but doesn't wake up all the way and accidentally rolls back into the hole. That'd be cool. Rolls. Oh man, Holeville Part Two. And then it's it's him volunt I guess for all intents and purposes, volunteering to go into the hole mm. on his own will, not someone throwing him in. Like well, I said, the hole could be sentient. At this point, he has gone back and forth. He understands that perhaps he could make a choice about going in and then coming back out. And as long as he stays close to the hole and doesn't get shot by a sniper rifle, which is very possible, he can just go Mm -hmm. in and out and get more information. Although I would say it does stand to reason that if he goes through again, he just gets shot with a sniper rifle. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He just sticks his head through and he gets shot. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot lot of questions. and, you know, to reinforce that, there there were part of these two episodes that were a little slow, a little draggy. But uh, all around, I think it's it's shaping up and it's it's progressing pretty well. Like, a lot is going on to keep my interest, which is nice. I like it. We are halfway through the season. April 29th, two more episodes will come out. I do like the two-episode structure. Yeah, it, it, it moves it along. Episode five is named The Soil. And episode Soul. six is named the family. Family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Walker. 
Oh. Oh, R.I.P. Just why not say Vin Diesel? Uh. Without you, my friend. Yeah. And I feel you all about. I'm not. Listen, I'm not Charlie Puth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) See you again. (laughs) Oh. Oh. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye bye.